It's Monday, July 20th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, the one and only Bill Barker. Good to see you. Good to be here. We've got Major League Baseball starting up. Uh, we're going to talk affordable luxuries. We have a pending deal for eBay, but we're going to start with a done deal for Chevron. The oil giant is buying Noble Energy, which is an oil and gas producer, for $5 billion. It is an all-stock deal and not a big premium for shareholders of Noble Energy. Chevron is paying just 7.5% higher than the closing price for Noble on Friday. Uh, yeah, Noble is uh, not selling from strength here. Uh, I think that's uh, there's eight billion uh, in debt that Chevron is also taking on, and uh, there are questions, I suppose, as to how well Noble uh, can actually cover that, uh, given given the price uh, of of oil and gas these days. So I think that uh, you know they're selling from weakness. Chevron's adding. Uh, this to their large, uh, you know, stock of, of oil and gas assets, and uh, they have a, a better balance sheet to to uh, actually pull this off. Yeah, and this is this is something that we're probably going to see more of in this industry over the next six to twelve months. I would think, particularly when the businesses being involved here are, you know, in you know the giants. Um, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, at some point in the next couple of months, ExxonMobil pulls off a, a deal, um, sort of, of of similar size, anyway. Because Chevron, look, it's not a great time for oil and gas. It's not a great time to be in this business. That doesn't mean that the Chevrons of the world don't have built-in advantages, because they absolutely do. Well, the built-in advantages uh, <clears throat> and Chevron's uh, certainly well run and, and uh, because of its size uh, in a stronger position than a lot of the competition, much of which is going to suffer enough that they have to entertain uh, being bought out. Uh, but you know the advantages such as they are allow Chevron to pay a, a healthy dividend. Um, but it's, it's not got a lot of stock returns over the last uh, seven, eight, Nine years uh, beyond that, uh, and I would say that uh, they're on the wrong side of history right now. You're seeing more and more entities that are divesting uh, from fossil fuel investment, not only universities but uh, jurisdictions, states uh, that have uh, you know employee pensions that they're managing, and I don't know that the the science, uh, you know, and and the climate realities are going to allow Chevron to have a brighter next decade than it, its past. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that eBay is close to a deal to sell its classifieds ads division to Adavinta, which is a global marketplace business based in Norway. It is looking like a cash and stock deal somewhere in the neighborhood of eight billion dollars. Uh, shares of eBay are flat on this report. Um, you know, maybe the investors are waiting for confirmation, or maybe this is due to the fact that year-to-date shares of eBay are up just north of sixty percent. So it's it's been a nice twenty twenty in terms of eBay's share price. It has. Uh, they're continuing to divest the the non core businesses. It started with uh, PayPal and uh, continued with uh, StubHub. And this will uh, leave as its uh, 
um, activist investors wanted uh, eBay uh, easier to understand and more its financials more transparent and and if the activist investors are correct they've unlocked value by pushing this strategy uh, and this is is part of a winning strategy for for the company and the stock uh, time will tell um, but uh, you know I, I like what they're holding on to and I think they're talking about getting uh, you know, Eight eight billion ish out of this, and there's some talk about you know expanding their payments operation. So, as you mentioned, you go back to 2015. They they spin out PayPal uh, at the end of last year. They strike that deal to uh, sell StubHub, and God bless them, they were lucky in the timing of that <laughs> because the. I think they got four billion in the deal to sell StubHub, and if for some reason that got delayed uh, deep into 2020, there's no way they're getting that amount of money. It's absolutely going to be a lower price. So uh, eBay got lucky in that regard. Let's go back to the activist investors, though. So the the activist investors want eBay to be a business that's easier to understand. I get that there are more parts to the business when they have the classifieds business, when they, when they had stuff of that kind of thing. It never struck me as any one of those parts being overly complex. If this deal goes through, they're basically down to the marketplace business, which shouldn't be hard to understand, so the activists get their wish there. Is that a business that has a particularly bright future? I, I'm, I'm not saying it's doomed. It's not a, a bricks and mortar. You know, it's not like they're throwing up stores all across America. But I just wonder if the marketplace business, in and of itself, is an exciting, attractive, uh, multiples growing business over the next decade. Well, it's a business where they're the leader, uh, having uh, acquired all the advantages of first mover and having done a lot of other things right, not everything right, over the last 20 years. But uh, I think it, it's, it is attractive. They're uh, a, a very relevant, possibly more relevant, um, as people need to sell some stuff to get, uh, get through this period of time. And those with money are looking to add stuff to uh, the houses they're they're trapped in, uh, so I think that uh, they're they're getting more traffic, um, and I I don't see what you know. There are other companies that have taken a stab at trying to go after that business, uh, and they've really failed for the most part. It'd be interesting to see um, what happens with the stock when this deal gets finalized. Um, also, just out of into is a publicly traded company. It's it's not listed in the U.S. It, it trades over the counter. As best I could tell, the overall market cap of this marketplace marketplace business based in Norway is about eight billion dollars. So I'm I always find it interesting when companies are like, yeah, we'll basically come up with the cash and stock equivalent of the complete value of our company uh, to make this deal work. Uh, yeah, well, since it hasn't been announced, um, we don't know what what they're going to come up with in terms of some combination of cash and stock. Uh, so eBay may still have uh, you know a public share interest in the resulting company. We'll 
it's speculation right now as to, as to what that might look like. But uh, yeah, it would radically uh, increase the size of the business Advent is doing. Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Got a note from Philip Frosto, who writes, I'm interested in your take on stocks that might be considered affordable luxuries. My personal theory is that many folks will be tempted to treat themselves to affordable luxuries versus more costly ones after saving more money and sitting around in leisure wear all day during COVID. Tapestry comes to mind, but there are likely many others before reaching the likes of Tiffany. Although the stocks may be beaten down and have potential upside, retail in general and malls specifically do not ensure a return anytime soon. What's your take on this, uh, Philip? Kind of giving you know both sides of the opportunity there, um, uh, and I, I I think he's directionally correct in both cases. I think there will be um, a temptation for people to treat themselves in some way uh, to to celebrate being released from lockdown at some point in the future. But uh, these are also a lot of brands that show up um, in bricks and mortar retail and in malls. Yeah. Uh, so you mildly edited the letter. You mentioned Tapestry and the other two companies, and you forwarded this to me before the show. So Essilor. Uh, which has Ray-Ban and Samsonite um, were also mentioned. So I'll, I'll address what I think about all those, starting with the the phrasing um, of the very beginning. My personal theory is that, and I think I, I was able to identify with that in, oh yeah, it has crossed my mind. What am I going to do? How, how am I going to splurge when I'm allowed to splurge again? Right? I mean, uh, yes. I, I think that's that's a thought that... You know those who have the benefit, as we do, of, of working for a company that's um, not suffering the consequences that so many others are right now of, of lost business. Um, you know, have the the luxury of thinking about, hey, when I'm allowed to go on a vacation, what am I? Gonna, how big am I going to go? Right? And it's just a daydream for right now. I don't know. You, you, do you have any vacation time coming up? I mean, you have time, but is there something that you can safely do with your family that, that you're going to do? Uh, looking to get away uh, at some point in August, but not, you know, typically in the past, we have uh, done a summer vacation on Cape Cod. That is, that is for a a variety of reasons that is not happening this year. So yes, uh, like you, like Philip, I've absolutely had the thought of how am I going to splurge when all of this is over? Yeah, and when is it all going to be over? We don't know. And what what are our situations going to be like when that happens? I don't know. Uh, what I would say is it's so it's a, a theory that makes sense to follow your own train of thought with like I'm thinking this way. I bet other people are thinking this way. Uh, you know, recognizing that not everybody is going to be able to splurge uh, when some other people are. But um, the, the companies mentioned uh, Tapestry, SLR, Samsonite, I think of those, although they were put in a group here together, as very uh, differently placed. Tapestry, having Coach and Kate Spade, no matter, you know, what you want to think, this is, that's a bet on malls, I think, um, or it's more of a bet on malls than I want to make. Uh, because of the number of stores that they have there. Uh, they do have some other distribution outside malls. They do have online presence. But, 
you know, if, if malls don't go the right way and go the right way by Christmas, um, you know, I, I think that's going to create some big holes uh, in, in sales for, for this year. And, uh, you know, based on the number of stores that they've got going forward as well. Samsonite, I don't know that the brands have as much relevance in uh, suitcase. Um, I say that because all suitcases are now exactly the same, aren't they? They're I wouldn't all say they're all black. the same, but there, <laughs> there appear to be a couple of categories of suitcase, and you can find probably quality items in either category. Yeah, uh, I'm just uh, reflecting on on hanging around, waiting for my suitcase, and recognizing that once again, my failure to put a little ribbon on it or something of some color does mean that, as warned, it looks exactly the same as everybody else's. Uh, And uh, but Essilor, which does have Ray-Ban, is is mostly um, it's Essilor Luxottica, it's a French European um, conglomerate. Uh, they really are much more in the business-to-business space than just having a few of the sunglass names you know. I know the sunglass came up uh, as, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to go someplace where I need some good sunglasses. Uh, but uh, the rest of the business is really in sort of the, the uh, not only high performance, but all sorts of um, progressive lenses and just uh, I think it's got a quarter of the world's like corrective lens business. Uh, so, uh, I, and it's a phenomenal stock over the long term, unlike Tapestry and Samsonite. Uh, so that's sort of my take uh, on on that company stands out to me of the three as just being more diversified away from consumer purchases and mall based purchases. Last thing before we wrap up, opening day for Major League Baseball comes later this week. Um, Featured game on July 23rd, your team, the New York Yankees, uh, playing the defending world champion, Washington Nationals. And Las Vegas has already installed your team as the favorite to win the American League pennant. So since we were just talking about what are we going to do to splurge when COVID-19 passes. How are you planning to celebrate uh, the Yankees winning the pennant in 2020? Well, uh, first, one thing, not my team, America's team, the Yankees. Uh, <laughs> no, the, no. <laughs> well, the, right. It, it would it'd say it's America's team doesn't reflect just how popular they are around the globe, that if you travel internationally, you'll see Yankees hats everywhere, and uh, and rightly so. Um, uh, because unlike the Boston Red Sox, they haven't been caught cheating. Uh, and so that's one of the many reasons why they're so much more popular than the Red Sox. What was your question? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> Look, I understand you're bitter because the 21st century in terms of World Series championships not really what the 20th century was for your team. 20th century, phenomenal for your team. 21st century, eh, I mean, you, let's face it, you're. you're, you're I've tied only with seen them win seven World Series in my lifetime. You're, you're so. trailing a bunch of other teams. This is about this century. You can go back to you know the 20th century if you want, but I'm living in this century. I suppose if they cheated more, they might have won more <laughs> World Series recently. Um, 
their had, competition the way, seems to have had uh, an advantage on them uh, in that regard. And so the uh, Houston Astros, I think the one thing that all baseball fans can agree upon is that they hope the Houston Astros have a uh, difficult and uh, unpleasant season. You Unfortunately, they're not going to have to face the boos that would have greeted them uh, across America. Uh, so they've they've been sort of spared by this, I would say. Yeah, you, you you did raise a point earlier today when we were going back and forth, and you you said, you know, if if the Yankees end up playing Houston for the American League pennant, it's going to be the first time in a very long time that the Yankees are seen by a majority of people as quote unquote the good guys. Yeah, since since Babe Ruth, I think probably. Uh, Have you uh, watched any of the? Uh, sort of the, I guess, the exhibition games so far where I've just watched highlights. I haven't watched an actual game, but I've watched highlights. And it's every bit as creepy as I thought it was going to be to watch baseball with empty stands. Uh, okay, I, I have not watched it, so I don't know how creepy it is. I don't. I guess I'm I'm prepared for it to be quiet, uh, but I'll I'll experiment very soon uh, and see how creepy it is. But there won't be much difference between the uh, preliminary spring training, whatever we're calling these games, and and the regular season in terms of atmosphere because it'll it'll be the same thing. Uh, so uh, I think I'm looking forward to it. I haven't watched a sporting event you know since march like everybody else I, I, I guess there's been soccer there has been soccer to watch but i i'm not a soccer fan like you very much looking forward to it it will be interesting to see to go back to houston for a second um because stadiums are, are piping in noise so i was watching some highlights uh from a game the the yankees were playing against the mets and it was a home game for the Yankees. Uh, they were hitting some home runs, and they're they're piping in uh, cheers for the home runs. It will be interesting to see if any visiting team, or you know, or, or like any team that Houston goes to play at, decides, you know what, we we we're actually going to pipe in booing for every single Astro who comes up to bat, <laughs> just just to see how it goes. Uh, I hope so. I hope so, and, and that the league agrees that that is uh, justified uh, only for certain matchups, like only the special rivalries and anybody playing the Astros. For the the Red Sox and Yankees to be playing each other and there to be no booze, yeah. that is creepy. Yeah, that is. That is. Uh, or, or for any team to go to Philadelphia and not be booed uh, <laughs> would be creepy. My hometown. Bill Barker, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about on The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.